This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we take a look at the World Series, which will begin uh, tomorrow night on a Friday night in. Uh, Houston, uh, we have the heavy favorites, the Astros, who a lot of people thought would win it all this year, including myself, and the Phillies, who a lot of people didn't see even making the playoffs, no less getting this far. I thought they had a good chance in the first series. I didn't think they'd get past that. So they have been a big surprise while the Astros have been really utterly dominant and embarrassed the Yankees over four straight games. We welcome in Bobby Valentine to take a look at the series. Bobby, welcome. How are you? Mike, I'm great. Thank you. You know, Bobby, uh, before we look at the uh, Phillies and the Astros, anything from the teams that lost that jumps out at you? Wow. Yeah, lots of things, you know. Um, Where do you want to start? Well, let's start with the Yankees. Yeah. Mets had a great first half and then lost it, lost um, all of their their vibe. A little trust was lost, a lot of confusion at the end. They, um, you know, they had the, the guy who led the league in hitting and RBIs and the best closer in baseball and two of the best starters who ever lived. I mean, that's not an elimination uh, team right there. That's a go into the final game. So there was a lot of stuff going on within that team that uh, caused – that that kind of it wasn't even a collapse it was just a a, a lack of production Bobby do you think that game. they were de- did you think they were dead after the Brave series No I thought you know I thought that they uh put too much into that Brave series they they made it seem uh, like cavalier oh all we have to do is win one game uh i thought it it should have been a wake up call but instead it was um a nail in their coffin uh absolutely all right how about the yankees we talked from the beginning of the season mike that if Chapman wasn't going to be Chapman, they were going to have problems. Then Chapman wasn't Chapman, and, and they had Clay step up, and he was miraculously spectacular. But everyone uh, thought that it was going to um, pass, and they were hoping it would pass next year and not this year. And and when he went by the wayside, and uh, you know, they played uh, the last six weeks of the season uh, dealing with a one-man show, uh, only thinking, what can we do so that Aaron could break this record and, and be the man that everything about a team was destroyed with the New York Yankees. Trust, uh, understanding of responsibility, and then, of course, with LeMayu and uh, uh, being Ben and Teddy going out, the two guys who can work a count in their lineup. Uh, I, I thought they had no chance. Bobby, the and they did. Cleveland 
which obviously got hot in September and did a great job with their pitching and were really not much of a lineup. But one thing they did do is they attacked Judge. And, and I don't know if Houston just took a page from Cleveland, but in both series, that was something we didn't see from teams all year. Teams were afraid of him. Teams pitched around him. And that's, in those two series, they attacked Judge. Yeah, and, you know, to put it on Judge, I think, is is quite unfair in that, you know, when you get to that finish line, and we talked about this, Mike, too, when you're running the race of your life and you get to that finish line and when you get there, you're actually the winner of the race, to, to put the sneakers back on and run another race is really difficult. It, it was tough once he got that 60-second home run for him to be the same guy uh, that he was getting there. And, and we've seen it with A-Rod and Barry Bonds and so many great players in the past that they, they get that MVP end of the year, the records are accomplished, and then they have to start all over again in the playoffs. And it's awfully tough mentally. And I think that he went down a notch mentally and everyone went up a notch mentally thinking all they had to do is pitch him tough. If they pitch him tough and aggressively, they have a chance of beating the Yankees because there wasn't much more than Aaron Judge in that lineup. And how about the Dodgers after an amazing regular season? Yeah, I just thought that the Dodgers – uh, you know, did it without the com- complete game, uh, team aspect. Uh, you know, they got rid of their, their closer with a month left in the season and left everybody wondering, what are we going to do if we don't score enough runs? What are we going to do in the playoffs if we don't have a five-run lead going into the eighth inning? And they mixed and matched but lost all of their continuity, all of that feeling that, uh, you know, they were the best team. They were winning easy at the end of the year. They didn't need the bullpen and the closer. And I think once they got into the playoffs, um, that ugly head uh, w- was seen. And uh, they they obviously got eliminated and much to the uh, dismay of their fandom. What do you think has been the key for the Phillies that, with this run? I mean, they obviously... They changed managers. That worked. They went to some younger players. That worked. They found a little bit of a bullpen. Harper carried them in the postseason. But what did you think that you put your finger on that allowed the Phillies to get so hot here? Well, trust. I think that the new manager coming in established trust in that bullpen. Uh, One that didn't really fail, but was very confused before he got there. And uh, he knew that that's the one thing he had to straighten out. And somehow, some way, he put people in the right spot to to build as the season went on. Not start something new once the postseason got there, but they kept building and getting better and feeling better about themselves as the year went on. And, you know, Bryce Harper, who... Um, many believe over the last 10 years is the best player in the game of baseball or however many years it is. I guess it's not 10 yet. <laughs> but uh, now that he has his opportunity, I'll guarantee you, uh, he went out there and said, boys, I'm going to do it. And the other amazing thing about the Phillies, 
as with Dusty Baker and the Astros, is they steadfastly went with a lineup that was that old traditional lineup. They weren't forcing an issue and saying, oh, Bryce Harper is our greatest player. He's got to bat first or second because he might get up one more time in the game. No, they bat Bryce Harper fourth in a, in a traditional cleanup spot. And the Astros have done the same thing. Their best hitter is not batting first or second. As a matter of fact, Altuve, you know, went 0 for 30 something, yep. and it didn't matter to them because they had their best hitters hitting third and fourth. And I think that's a page that a lot of people could learn from. I'll tell you something. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I like setting the table. I want those guys to get up with men on base. I also want them to get up with the pitcher in the stretch. I think that's very important. I hate the way they they uh, treat these sluggers now. I hate when they bat leadoff and second. I can't stand it. Uh, I agree 100%. And Philly has just gotten hot at the right time. The Astros are going to be, and listen, we all know how good they are. The thing that jumps out at you is how complete they are. They they don't have a weakness. And look at them. They didn't get anything out of Altuve to hold playoffs. The last couple of games until late in the Yankee series, they didn't get anything out of Alvarez. But Pena killed them. The bottom of the order killed them. You know, uh, McCormick killed them. You know, uh, guys batting eight and nine killed them. Uh, and their relief pitching. Uh, which is clearly a bullpen with very defined roles, really was sensational. Well, yeah, the the bullpen uh, intimidates other teams. Um, it's not about a, a guy. It's about the pitchers who come in after the starters who are spectacular. And also take note, uh, Mike, and I'm sure people are, that uh, Dusty, you know, is a guy who's won more games than anybody uh, – uh, managing right now, and the guy he's going up again against has won, I guess, fewer games than anybody, <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 as a current manager. Yet he's been in uniform for, you know, 35 years or so. And Rob d- did a spectacular job. But what Dusty did is he let those starters go a little extra. He let them go into the sixth inning, he let them go into the seventh inning. And because of that, all of these arms that you see him running out from the bullpen are fresh. They're not worn out. They don't have 80 appearances. They haven't been in situation after situation when they have to win the game. They've been in a traditional uh, bullpen situation the entire, the entire season, and they're rested because of it. You know, the Astros have been on top for a long time now and they've replaced Correa. They replaced Springer. They replaced Brantley. They bring in a Pena. They bring in a Tucker. They bring in an Alvarez. I mean, that's impressive organizational work to replace that, that caliber of player with these young guys who flourish right in front of your eyes in these series. And amazingly, they replaced their general manager and they replaced their manager right in the middle of this spectacular run that they're having. So, uh, you know, that nonsense about banging the garbage can uh, should totally be put to rest. 
people should understand that these are quality players, that the Astros have done a great job of keeping healthy, number one, in developing at the big league level, number two. And they play the game the way the game's supposed to be played. So you have an organization in in, uh, Tampa that does it the right way and gets to the postseason every year. And you have an organization in Houston that does the same thing and people should take notes. They do it differently, but they, they have a formula that works within their particular organizations. And I tip my hat to both of them. Listen, I didn't, uh, I watched the Yankees. They got off to a fast start and I didn't think they were as good as they looked. Um, once King went down and Holmes lost it, we know the bullpen was uh, in, in tatters. And I, I never thought they would do anything in the postseason because of that. Uh, plus, they had the injuries. I thought Houston was the best team, clearly. The National League was harder. The Phillies came through it. I didn't expect the Phillies to come through it. Uh, do you give them a realistic shot here, or is this going to be a very tall order for the Phillies? They're, they're obviously a big underdog, as you would expect. Uh, Bet Rivers has them at minus 186 for Houston, so they're a substantial favorite, as you would expect. I'll give you an example. They were a 2-1 to one favorite for the Yankee series. They're 186 for this series. Uh, Phillies are big underdog, as you would expect. Um, do you think... Philly is a live dog, or is it going to take something special for Philly to win? Well, something special, and that is uh, a contribution from the uh, other part of their order uh, after Bryce Harper. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a big proponent of, you know, pitching around guys or, you know, making sure certain guys don't beat you, but if someone – uh, hitting five or six in that lineup doesn't get hot. If they don't look better than they've looked here recently, then Harper should not be allowed to hit the ball out of the park. And that means you have to throw him real low, real high, real wide, and real inside. Nothing toward the middle of the plate because, as I said, uh, he's proving to people and he's that kind of guy where he wants to prove to people that he's the best player in baseball. And uh, if you give him something to hit, you're going to be sorry. Were you surprised at the moves that were made against Harper the, in, in a game that was to keep them alive? I mean, uh, San Diego blew some leads in those series. We, we know that. And, I mean, they had a guy in a pen who – they could have used more than they used them. That's for sure. And, you know, he's sitting out there in the pen and you're letting the guy come up and hit a home run to beat your left-handed. I mean, I was a little surprised by that. Well, yes, they had the best left-hander in, in, uh, in baseball in their bullpen. Uh, and, um, you know, they had no outs in the eighth inning. And because he was resurrected, you know, because he had that, you know, uh, when when Hager uh, uh, came over from um, um, Milwaukee to San Diego, he he was uh, not the same person. Yeah, he struggled he early get, on. He yeah, thought, yeah, he struggled mightily. They thought maybe he was uh, going to be a washout, and then they resurrected him. But they didn't resurrect him the way he was three years ago to pitch multiple innings. They resurrected him to pitch one inning. 
And now it came up with Harper batting and a man on first at a one-run lead and six outs to go. And Bob Melvin, who I think is spectacular, I think he did a really good job of uh, of pushing the envelope and doing the right things at the right time, was hesitant because there were six outs left. And, uh, you know, if you don't plan for that ahead of time and you don't let the pitcher know ahead of time that, hey, listen, this is this game, you know, it's not about the ninth inning, it's about Bryce Harper. And when he comes up, we're not going to allow him to beat us. So be ready when that time comes. He was he was up in the bullpen. Amazing thing, he was up in the bullpen. And if he was up, my question is, why wasn't he in? And then someone said, well, if the leadoff guy made an out and there are only five outs to go, Bob Melville was going to bring him in. And I think that's ridiculous. Oh, I, I think it's totally. And I'll tell you something. <laughs> I can't have Harper beat me with him flipping the ball in the bullpen. I'm sorry. I can't have him beat, I, I can't have him beat me. Exactly. And, and like I say, when you when you have a great series and you've been a great manager to have that one hang over your head for a while, it's going to cause you a few sleepless nights. You know, the guy that Bobby, I think, doesn't get the the attention or the publicity and I mean, really is unsung, but is a huge part of this for Houston is Valdez. I mean, this guy's unbelievable and consistent game after game after game. Well, they know it. Uh, Dusty went to him last year, leaned on him last year late. Um, he's he has a bit of an, a a, a uh, emotional meter that needs to be controlled. But I think the team, the catcher, uh, the the infielders, and and the. Uh, pitching coach have understood what it takes to keep that emotion in check. And uh, if the emotion's in check, his arm works as well as any left-handed starter in the game. And no one wants to hit against them. Not the left-handers and not the right-handers, not the guys who go to right and, and try to just go with the ball, not the guys who try to hit a home run. His fastball sinks, his curveball is spectacular, his change-up change is devastating, and he's a really good competitor out there. So um, he, in the line of pitchers that they have uh, on their staff, I think they have four guys you know, on their bullpen that could close and do a good job of closing on uh, 29 other teams. No question. I'll tell you this. People might not be old enough, but they should take out some some video because every time I see Alvarez come to the plate, I think of Willie McCovey. He reminds me so much, and that's a great compliment. He reminds me so much in build and swing of Willie McCovey. Yeah, he, and he wears 44, and he's uh, about the same size, and he hits from the left side. The only difference is, uh, Mike, he could take that fastball that's tailing away from him and hit it over the left field. Fence. Yeah, and Willie was a so dead Willie pull hitter. A, yeah, yeah Willie, Willie really loved to pull the ball and hit, pulled a lot more uh, – on the ground than than Alvarez does, but oh yeah, he's uh, he, he's got a seat right beside Willie uh, Willie McCovey in the Hall of Fame if he keeps playing the way he's playing now. And how good a player is the shortstop? How good a player is Pena? Well, you know, he's a little older than a lot of the young guys. He's 25 years old. So people thought, well, maybe he's going to have a so-so career, and after five or six years, he'll be a utility player. But 
uh, no, he, he's a pedigree. He understands situations. He understands pitch, pitch shapes. He, he takes properly. He swings properly. Um, he, he's really a player to watch. The first series I saw him uh, this year, uh, after, after the series, I said uh, that he's better than Correa. And uh, I'm not sure that he'll have a better career than Carlos Correa, but I thought that um, he was playing better than Carlos did at the end of last year. You know, Dusty Baker has been the grand old man of baseball, and he's never won a World Series, as we know. And let's be honest, he pulled a couple of rocks in that World Series that he easily could have won. I mean, including just, you know, really pulling a pitcher for absolutely no reason. But the bottom line is that, hey, every manager at some point in under pressure has pulled a pitcher or, or brought in the wrong pitcher or done something like that. We know that. But it haunts you until you win that World Series. He's won a lot of games. How do you think – He's just having fun at this point, or I would think this. There's a lot of lot of pressure in, internally to get that World Series. Well, you know, I broke in the same year as Dust, Dusty back in the 69, and uh, he was always a, a tough out. He was always the yeah, good player, the very guy, good player. Yeah, yes. the guy who competed and loved to play and loved to win. And I don't know, there's pressure right now. Of course, he wants this. He wants that ring as badly as anything he's ever wanted in his life. And, you know, the good thing about it is that the players understand that, and that group of players want to take the pressure off of him. I think that they they go to him. I've seen him during the year. They you know rub his back when he needs it. They slap him on the back when he needs it. They are with him to win this thing even more than they are in it for themselves, and I think that's a very unique situation. And I'll tell you, the toughest out in that lineup, and there's a lot of tough outs in that lineup. I mean, and and every time Altuve comes up in the postseason, he still scares me, even though he was going, he couldn't get a hit no matter what. Uh, and he still fielded his position the whole series very well. Um, but Bregman got, has gotten so many big hits for them and has been such a tough out, whether he needs to shorten it up with two strikes and get a dump of base hit in the right center or look for a fastball and drive it into the deck for a three-run homer. He has been a terror in the postseason. Yeah, I, I really don't like the term professional hitter because if you're watching them on TV, they're all getting paid, so they're all professional. But what Brigman is is a, a extremely prepared hitter. He understands his strengths, and he understands the pitcher's strengths and weaknesses. And when he has the count in his favor, he jumps on the weakness. And he when he has a count that's in the pitcher's favor, he understands their strengths and attacks it. And doesn't always attack it with a home run swing. Has He attacks it with a base hit swing. He's a very, very good all-around player, base runner, fielder, and clutch hitter, no doubt about it. You know, you mentioned about someone else picking it up in that Philly lineup. Who's your candidate to do that if one guy is going to step up for them? Wow. 
You know, I had uh, a lot of eyes on Brandon Marsh, who's left in a hitter who will play center field, who really has uh, major holes uh, with fastballs up and breaking balls down and in. But if you make mistakes to him, he could do damage. And if, if um, you know, he goes unnoticed, he's a guy who could uh, hit a two and a three-run homer and, and hit a triple in a big situation. And I look to, to their center fielders to – uh, and because they bat ninth in the order to be impactful uh, for the Phillies uh, if the Phillies win this. Let me get a little inside baseball for a second, Bobby. As these games go on, we have seen some atrocious home plate umpiring. When we see guys, I mean, get wrung out in a big spot, even early in the game, in a big at bat, and they're all big at bats, but get wrung out on a pitch that's, you know, uh, uh, nine inches a foot off the off the plate. And we all know it's a ball or it was down. We all know it was a bad pitch. How much will the umpire still take a lot? I mean, can you get, are you going to kill that umpire? Are you going to ride that umpire? Are you going to look for him to give that back to you? What, what's going to be the tack from the, ball, from the dugout when you have that kind of inconsistent home plate? Do you want your players to stay out of it? Do you expect them to get involved? What are you, what are you looking for there? Well, you know, I'm looking for the call to be called properly, and and I've been looking for that for 50 years. Um, You know, what the umpires should be doing um, is practicing. You know, the the pitchers that pitch for Houston and a couple, three of the pitchers that that pitch for Philly have – breaking balls and fastballs that really move in a dramatic way. And if you're, if you don't understand that movement, if you can't recognize that pitch, like a hitter needs to recognize that pitch, especially with late movement where the ball right at the end is moving late, you have no chance. You're guessing you're seeing where the catcher is catching the ball and you're, 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 you're hoping you have a feel but it's not the kind of feel they need. And uh, I don't think that the human can do that job. And uh, I don't know why we continue to allow that to happen. It's the most, uh, it's the plays during the game that affect the game more than errors and more than home runs. When you change counts in crucial situations or at any time in the game and put a hitter on defense and a pitcher on offense or vice versa. You change the game and it shouldn't be allowed. Absolutely. There was a game the other day. I'm trying to remember which at bat it was. They rung the batter out on a two, two pitch. That was a, and you heard he turned to him and said, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. And it was a foot outside. Yeah. And, and you know, the crazy thing for some of those listeners, there's a site out there that charts all of the, the calls by the umpires and in that sweep of the Yankees um, the Yankees got 88% of the missed calls went in their favor. Oh yeah. I'm not saying the Yankees got screwed at all. I'm not saying that even a little, but there was some bad umpiring. I mean, there was at least three games where I was saying, man, the home plate umpiring just stinks tonight. Yeah. But believe me when I tell you, Mike, it's really not their fault. It's a difficult job. It's hard to follow those pitches that are moving at such rate. And now some of the pitches move differently than they used to move 
three, four, five years ago because of the analytics and the and the um, uh, help that pitchers get by understanding the pressure that they need to put on the ball to make it move differently. Uh, you know, it, it it's just not their job. It shouldn't be a job uh, for a humanoid. They, they just can't do it. All right. So, I mean, listen, I, I thought Houston was the best team. Uh, listen, the only reason I liked Houston over the Dodgers in the, in the uh, overall was I thought they had a better pen. I didn't want – I'm not picking a team to win it all when they don't have their pen settled like the Yankees didn't, the Dodgers didn't. You can't go in – it's hard enough to win when you have your pen set. You can't go into the playoffs with your pen in disarray. And the Dodgers, for some reason, with all their ability and their 20-game lead, went into the postseason with their bullpen in disarray. I'm with you 1,000%, and uh, that that gives me even more uh, concern of how the Mets didn't do what they needed to do because they had the best closer uh, since Mariano uh, in their pen, and they still couldn't win. Well, let's be, let's be honest. For the most part, the big pitchers, the one-two guys, didn't do their job the last two weeks of the season. That's That's a fact, too, and... You know, what was what were the contributing factors? Who knows? Was there something in their mind about the pen that, uh, you know, you know, Buck had the closer. OK, but Lugo all of a sudden wasn't the same Lugo. And uh, I mean, we won't go into specifics, but their their seven, eight, nine was unsettled, too. So did the two big boys go into games thinking they had to do more than they really were capable of doing and therefore did less than they actually could do? Uh, I, I'm not sure. But again, I, I was disappointed. Philly's playing. You know, we talk about playing with house money. Astros want to win one, as you painted the picture, terribly for Dusty Baker. And they also want to shut everybody up, which they pretty much have already, but they really want to shut everybody up who's brought up everything that's gone on with them in recent years. And this does, in my mind, vindicate them in a big way. Number two, the Phillies, hey, they weren't even supposed to make the postseason. Here they are in the World Series you talk about house money. Now, when you get to the World Series, you want to win it. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm sure Harper and Wheeler and everybody on that team, uh, and Wheeler's one of the best kids I ever met. He, when he was a Met, he was the nicest, one of the most wonderful players I ever met in my whole life. He was the greatest. He used to take my kids in the outfield before the games, play catch with them. He was the, maybe one of the nicest kids I ever met. So I, when he has that kind of success, I love to see it because he was a wonderful, wonderful kid. He really was, and he's become a heck of a pitcher. But, you know, they can play fast and loose here. Uh, we know they're not as good, but, hey, you know, we've seen upsets many times in the World Series. So, what has to happen for you? You think it has to be somebody other than Harper get hot for them to pull this out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that, that, that doesn't mean Harper's discounted, but somebody else or two need to get their attention off of Harper just so that Harper becomes another guy in the lineup. And as soon as you treat him as just another guy in the lineup, he'll prove to you that he's a lot more than that. But uh, uh, I'll guarantee you, I hear 
Dusty. I know Dusty. I know the press. I know all the questions. He's just not going to get anything here for a couple games that he's going to be able to hit it out of the park. You might even see him move his feet a little uh, because these pitchers are uh, throw the ball awfully hard and aren't afraid to to throw the ball inside with uh, with special velocity. Uh, but it, it's going to take a, a team effort and um, not necessarily all nine guys, but at least a couple more uh, productive at bats, a couple more hot at bats for them to uh, get through this team because. You know, Houston is a very, very good team. Can Philly's bullpen, which has surprised in the postseason, you know, I didn't, I knew it was bad, and then it got better down the stretch. It's been better, it's been surprising to me. Can it hold up for this series? Yeah, I think it could hold up as long as they're not asked to to start in the fourth and fifth inning. If uh, that bullpen phone starts ringing sometime after, you know, one out or two outs in the fifth inning, uh, I mean, in the sixth inning, after the fifth inning has has uh, gone by, I think that they'll be well-prepared, well-rested with that one day off to at least make it a series and, and take Houston uh, to six or seven games. If they get called on early, in game one and game two, I think it's Katie bar the door, and it's going to be a quick, uh, a, a quick series and a championship crowned early. All right, Bobby, thanks very much. Good to talk to you as always. Mike, you're the best. Take Thank care. You. Thank you, Bobby Valentine. And we listen. The Astros deserve to be the favorite. I'd already picked them to win it all when we started the postseason. So did DeRosa with me. We both picked the Astros. I did not pick the Phillies. I didn't think the Phillies would get here. I thought they'd be the Cardinals, but I didn't think they'd get past anything past that. I thought they would lose after that. And uh, I was even surprised they, had, they did such quick work against San Diego. I thought San Diego was very disappointing in that series. Uh, I really did. I thought they really made some very befuddling moves and, and had chances that they didn't take advantage of. But that's, for another day, give Philly credit and give Harper credit for his heroics in the series. Uh, as we said, the Bet Rivers line, and you can get all your wagering needs for Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers in New York, New Jersey, uh, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. 186 there, the favorite in for the series. Uh, a little less, so there's more Philly money around than there was Yankee money around. So just to give you an example, as the series will get underway on Friday. We'll come back with your emails right after this. All right, emails at Mike Francesa. Podcast at the Mike Francis Podcast at gmail.com. So send your emails to Mike Francis Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, uh, we will be with you on Friday. We'll put it up on Friday midday, our Football Friday program uh, for week number eight, a big week number eight coming up in the National uh, Football League. Here we go. Barry starts us off. I feel like comparing this Yankee team to the 90s teams that it seems unfair. I just don't think Cashman knows how to build a team in 2022. They're having a lot of trouble getting over the hump. Now, a lot of weird things have happened the last couple of days, really odd things. I'll give you an example. You know I said the Yankees should clean house. I thought it was time. The Yankees have already thrown their support behind Cashman and Boone. And this is really surprising. Even Mariano Rivera came out and said he would change managers. I mean, that's 
highly unusual. Highly unusual. And he was given a speech, and he even said that he thought he would change managers. Now, uh, there's a couple of reports that came out today stating that some of the Yankees felt that they were really treated unfairly by the crowd as they fell apart in the ALCS. And that the Yankee fans were very upset. I mean, that the Yankee players were very upset that the Yankee fans were booing Boone, uh, booing uh, Judge. Listen, they booed Joe DiMaggio. They booed Mickey Mantle. The Yankee fan wants to go to the World Series. He hasn't been to the World Series in a long time. He pays a lot of money to go to these games. He makes a big effort to fight traffic and fight everything and expense to go to the game. And he's disappointed that he does. they have showered Judge with love forever. But when you don't perform in the big spot in this town, you're going to hear it. When they booed the, the, the Jeter teams, and one time I remember Jeter saying, we deserved it. That should be the answer. We deserve it. Now, what are you doing booing us? You got to be tougher than that. And then an unnamed, which I hate, have the guts to put your name on it. An unnamed Yankee executive, have the guts to put your name on it. Call the Yankee fans spoiled. Now, let me get this straight. You sell Yankee pinstripes. You sell winning like it is a tonic with the Yankees. And now you can't get to the Dawn World Series and you want the Yankee fan not to be upset about it? Plus, he pays a fortune to go to the Dawn games parking. He gets hit over the head for anything he buys. He pays 50 bucks to park. He pays 400 bucks for a decent seat. And you don't want him to be upset when he doesn't get to the World Series in a decade? Now you call him spoiled? How about if he stays home? You're going to be happy now calling him spoiled? And another thing, have the guts to put your name on it if you're going to call him spoiled. No unnamed Yankee executive. Put your name on it. You had the guts to say it. Put your name on it. How the heck is the Yankee fan spoiled? You created this fan. You created this image. Except here's the bottom line. This Yankee organization from the top down is more interested in making a big buck than they are winning everything. Case closed. That's the bottom line. You think if George Steinbrenner was here, these guys are still here? I mean, come on. Because he would not accept Less than everything. The Yankees now, clearly with their actions, show they will accept less than everything. And then they have the goal to call the fans spoiled. How are the fans spoiled? They've been filling your ballpark in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and they haven't been to a World Series. This is not the Kansas City Royals. This is not the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're the New York Yankees. 
and check the ticket prices. It's amazing. The Yankees sell where the Yankees when it's good for them. And now the Yankee fan is spoiled for having expectations. Really? So here's the deal. We won your division title. Who cares if we got swept in the ALCS and we haven't been to a World Series in forever? I think the manager's doing a good job. And then Mariana Rivera... Your legendary reliever says, I would fire him. Why? Because it's about winning. And Derek Jeter says, hey, they should boo us. Not have hurt feelings. You don't perform, you get booed. You perform, you get a ticket tape parade. That's how it works. Now the Yankee fan is spoiled. Rick in Forest Hills, do you think the Yankees have an organizational problem bringing up the young players too late? Um, yes, they always have. They don't know how to treat their organizational players. They really don't. They never have. It's Now, they treat them differently than they used to. It's a different reason that they handle them poorly, but they still handle them poorly. Brendan, who do you like better, Torres or McNeil? McNeil by a mile and a half. If you were the general manager, how would you handle the judge negotiations? You're not going to like this. I give him $45 million a year. I make him the highest paid player in baseball by yearly salary for the next seven years. Take it or leave it. He's not getting a 10 year contract. Whatever I have to pay him to make him the highest paid player, would I go 50 for seven? I don't really want to. That's why I said 45, but I will give him the highest per season salary in baseball, but he's only getting a seven-year contract. And I'd prefer six. Craig emails as one of the many frustrated Yankee fans. You spoiled Yankee fan, you. Uh, I am tired of the complete lack of accountability within the organization. You really are spoiled. The fact that Brian Cashman is so comfortable and entrenched in his position after not having made it to the World Series is mind-boggling. Well, we've been through all this. The bottom line, the Yankees have already announced that Brian and, and Boone are coming back. As a matter of fact, Hal said today that Boone's done a good job. I don't think Boone did anything awful. I had some very... I, a couple of things I did not understand in the series. Number one, you cannot take your ace out of the game in the sixth inning with the bases loaded to bring in Trevor v, Trevino. Yet you can't do that. And the Holmes thing in the series made no sense. And the Yankees, the players threw Boone under the bus on that. 
Plus, Boone's not tough enough on the players. He's, he's, he's a player's manager, which I know you have to be now. But you know what? If you can't be tough on the players now, why would you want to manage? I mean, the bottom line is you got to be hold your players accountable. There has to be expectations sometimes, and I think that's the problem. See, I think that Boone's here, and I think that he is like a lot of managers in baseball right now, and he has had his power cut dramatically. And you have a lot of people who shouldn't have power who have power. And that's why I said in game, I was asking for a lineup that had Judge batting third, Rizzo batting second, and Beta batting first so that Judge would get up with guys on base and see a pitcher from the stretch and get some traffic in front of him rather than him coming up and thinking about him getting that extra bat. I'm not worried about that. I, I like to put, the as Bobby uh, illustrated just before, I like to put the guy in the middle of the lineup. I'm a believer in that. Always have been. You want table setters for that reason. They set the table. Jared, I understand. I understand that the acrimony in this country is at an all-time high. Senator Cruz being subjected to these kinds of profanity-laced tirades is totally unacceptable. Can these stadiums do anything to, uh, in some way, protect people from the hostile manner? Hey. All right, I'm not a Cruz fan. But, and Cruz has said a lot of nasty things about a lot of people. And you know that if you come to New York and you go on those stands, you're going to hear it as a politician. You just are. So you better understand that. But as long as they don't throw anything and as long as they don't get physical, and they can't because he's got bodyguards to begin with, but I don't have a problem. I mean, you know what? You have to expect that in the opposing ballpark if you're someone like him. You just do. I mean... He hears it probably everywhere he goes. I mean, so, I mean, he's, he's a controversial figure. So, you know, those kind of guys are going to hear that stuff. I, I, I bet you it didn't bother him as much as it bothered you. I bet you it didn't. He knew he wasn't going to be loved if he comes to the Yankee Stadium. And some of it was, you know, you know Trump said your wife was ugly, you know, that, that, you know, stuff like that, you know, crazy stuff. Sean emails, since the start of 2017, homegrown players uh, for the Astros have vastly outperformed the Baby Bombers. While Judge has been the best player on either team, the next seven most are all Astros. Something needs to change. Clearly, the Astros player development. That's my point I made. Uh, I made this point early in the playoffs. They lose Korea, Springer, Brantley to injury. And they come up with Pena, Tucker, Alvarez. These guys aren't okay players. These guys are stars. Alvarez is a superstar. Pena's a star. Tucker's a star. Tucker had 107 RBIs, 30 homes, and 25 steals. The guy's a major star. They find stars. The Yankees don't mind their young players well. And they don't develop players well. Let's be honest. In the last 
decade, the Yankees haven't done a whole lot well. They have lost the recipe. And they also don't have the level of accountability. It's clear they don't because coming off another devastating defeat, they aren't changing anything. Clearly they're not. Why? Because they, I'm sure they made a ton of money this year. And I think that's more important to them than anything else. I'm not saying they don't try to compete. Do they go the extra yard? Absolutely not. Chris in Jersey, do you think the current Steinbrenners that own the Yankees care about winning like their father did? Absolutely not. No, they don't. We've made that point all morning, all evening. The bottom line is, no. Was George crazy about it? Yes. Did it make George do, you know, nutty things sometimes, like, you know, get up in the middle of the night and want to trade somebody? Yeah. Yeah, and you got to make sure you can get him, you know, talk him off the ledge when you need to talk him off the ledge so that he doesn't trade Andy Pettit to the Phillies or he doesn't send Bernie Williams pack in here or, you know, whatever it may be, okay? Or he doesn't trade, you know, Mariano for Felix Vermeen. I mean, whatever the bottom line is. But that level of accountability where nothing would be accepted but winning produced title after Title after title. And I think that level of accountability is what separates teams that win a lot from teams that are okay with just competing. And I think there is a very, very big difference. And... I get the feeling that clearly, do the Yankees want to win? Of course they want to win. Every team wants to win. But will they spend the extra buck and go the extra mile to win? No. I think they're very content with their lot in life. And just the idea, think about it, calling the Yankee fan spoiled They haven't been to a World Series since 2009. They've only been to one since 2003. One. In Yankee history, one World Series in two decades? You know, the 90s now are a long time time ago 96 98 99 2000 oh one was a crusher because you're one inning away that was a hard one to take it really was it was harder to take than 03 and 04 was almost almost bizarre in in the last couple of games as it unfolded. But 0-1, I'll never forget. I got out there for the Saturday night game. Andy got pounded. The game was, you know, just a complete route. So now we had to stay over. We're going to fly home 
I had a ride home, you know, on a jet so I could do the NFL show Sunday morning. Now I had to make flight reservations to go home Sunday night and with the beat do had to find you know, get up in the middle of you know, was the darkness there to do the NFL now show on Sunday morning. Go to the game. I remember being in the outfield. Uh that's where we were doing the we were doing a show back to fan from the outfield. That's where the setup was. And watching batting practice before game seven, and I remember saying, Hey, here's what I want out of Roger Clemens tonight. I want him to compete. I want him to compete and I will never get on him again because, you know, we had gotten on him a lot about his postseason performances, and he competed that night uh, against Schilling in, in, in a big way. And then, you know, the home run gives the Yankees the lead. You know, a home run that Schilling couldn't believe he gave up. And in the eighth inning, the Diamondbacks had the middle of the lineup up. Mariano came in. He gave up, he struck out three, struck out four, gave up a single and struck out, he gave up a single to five and struck out six. So now you've gone through the middle of the order. He struck out the side. And I'll never forget, I was sitting about four rows off the uh, Yankee dugout. And one of the ladies there was like a lot of ladies from Arizona out there who were, you know, have well-to-do husbands. They have on those, you know, white shirts and their jeans and all their jewelry and everything. And she's like, oh, you know what? He's unfair. He shouldn't even be allowed to pitch. He's too unfair. We have no chance. And hit listening to this as we get ready to play the bottom of the ninth. And then we know what unfolded. I'm not going to recount the inning for you. I mean, we have a million times, but to have, you know, all those things happen and they win the game, it was devastating. It really was because you had him on the mounds. You thought it was over. It was such an emotional time with everything that had gone on that year. And then to have that series, you know, pulled right from, right from your hands in the, in the ninth inning of that game with the bottom of the order up uh, was just tough to take. It really was. And, the funny thing about 03, and I was on earlier with Dog today because uh, he's getting into the Hall of Fame next week, so they wanted me to congratulate him today. So uh, I was on his show late, and, you know, we were talking about different things. But in 03, Yankees were up two games to one, and Dog and I were walking through the Marlin offices, and they were like, uh, at least we won a game, you know. Uh, you know, at least we won. At least we didn't go down four straight. You know, you guys are in a different league and blah blah blah. Next thing you know, <laughs> we're sitting in Yankee Stadium Saturday night and getting five hit on a shutout, and now you're getting beaten six games. That was it. Was like out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. After three games, you thought the series was over, and then out of nowhere, you know. Remember what happens with Wells, and then, uh, oh, it's just awful. Uh, absolutely awful what happened in that series. Uh, and then in 04 was the end of all things as we know it, you know, after the, f- the comeback by the Red Sox, which, you know, launched their 
launched their franchise, transformed their franchise, and in a way transformed this franchise. Because let's be honest, this, this franchise has never been the same since 04. If you talk about postseason performance, it's never been the same since 04. Did they win a World Series? Thanks to some wonderful performances from certain people, including a rider who had a wonderful postseason that year. But it hasn't been the same. And now it has become expected that they just are not going to get it done. And let's be honest. You would have thought this year. But they were able to give you enough excuses. Well, we lost LeMay. We know our bullpen fell apart. Oh, we lost Benatendi. And we did that. And we did that. And we did that. And so soften the blow. But if I had told you in June the Yankees were going to get swept in the ALCS, you would have gone crazy. Now you're spoiled because they didn't get to the World Series. How dare you think they should? Crazy. We'll see you with the podcast on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.